All right, so Joshua chapter 7, uh, really kind of a heavy chapter. Um, but the message the Lord gave me this morning is on overcoming failure. Um, Joshua, in this situation, they had just come off a huge victory. They had a victory at the, the city of Jericho. And just kind of a quick background on Joshua. Joshua, God had called him to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. But there was going to be battles. There was going to be fights. There was going to be war. And as Joshua was going in, the first test that they came to was the battle of what? Jericho. With its high walls and its bombardments and everything. And the most amazing thing about that is, is this huge battle. And they were able to defeat that city without even having to, to swing a sword and without even having to shoot an arrow. God went before them. The walls came down by them literally just shouting. And then you see right after that this amazing victory, this huge victory they had. You see that right after that, the next chapter, the battle of Ai, this little tiny small city. And yet they got defeated. They had failed. And one of the things I think that we all have to understand is that failure is going to happen. Like we are all going to fail. But failure in the hands of God can be a powerful thing in our lives. It can be a powerful thing. One of the things I love about the Bible is that most of the main characters that you see were all failures. Man, Peter, right? Peter was saying what? He said, I will never deny you, Lord. And what happened? That very next couple of days, he denied the Lord. Man, the thing he said he would never do. How many times have you done that? Lord, I, don't worry, Lord. I, you don't got to worry about me with that area. I'm never going to do that. And sometimes it's those little things that we fell in. David, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, and yet David did what? Committed adultery with Bathsheba. He had Bathsheba's husband murdered. David was a failure. Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham was what? He was found faithful. And yet Abraham failed many times. And yet God still gave him that promise, that promise that Abraham had cleaned his whole life. You see, God doesn't just cast us aside when we fail. He doesn't take all of the promises that he has for us and just put them to the side. No, God still wants to fulfill every good thing that he has planned for us in our lives. But listen, we have to learn how to overcome failure. Because there's some people who won failure and they never bounce back from it. There's some people who carry times that they've messed up, mistakes that they've made in the past, things that they went wrong on in their walk with God. They carry it with them their whole lives and they're never able to overcome them. And I love it so much because when you see that uh, failure and really what takes place here in Joshua is some of the most intimate work that God does in our hearts often comes on the heels of failure. And some of his deepest, most special work comes in those seasons of brokenness where we failed, where we messed up, where we're looking back and we're like, man, I can't believe I did that. And yet God does so much work in us during those times. It's funny, a lot of the... So a, li a little bit about kind of like my, my story. Some of them already know, but... Um, so I had grown up in the church and walked with God since the time I was two. <laughs> um, and right around junior high, high school, I kind of wanted to see what was out there. I wanted to experience what the world had to offer. And I remember thinking that. I was like, I know what church has to offer. Like, I mean, my dad was a minister. Like, I knew all that stuff. But I wanted to see what was out there. And so I started getting into drugs. I started getting into parties. And I started getting into that lifestyle. And it just, it was like a black hole that just sucked me in. 
And when I graduated high school, I had been running from God and I had no intention of giving my life back to Him, wanted nothing to do with God, I was done. I had my vision for my life and I was going for it. And I remember God just broke me and He brought me to a place where I remember saying, Lord, like, listen, I, I just want you in my life. That's all I want. I want to have a relationship with you again. And I gave my life back to the Lord. God began to work and God began to mold and shape. But even after becoming a Christian, dude, there were so many times that I failed. So many times that I messed up. It took me a while to get clean. It took me a while to to overcome some struggles. There were some bad relationships that I had that I just, it, it kind of diverted me from what I had done. There were seasons where I was just disobeying God, where I was fighting God. And all of those things, it's so crazy how God uses our failures because to this day, people will come up and sometimes they'll come up and they'll ask for prayer and they'll say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm going through this. And it's the exact very same thing that I went through during my season of failure or my season of Man, God is able to take all of those things and He works them together for good and He uses those things. Failure is a powerful thing in the hands of God. And Joshua here, he was about to fail miserably. Go ahead and follow along with me as we read in Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. And it says there, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. I'm so glad we don't say our names like that anymore. Can you imagine saying your name like that? Like, I'm Stephen, the son of Steve, the son of Steve, <laughs> you know, from the tribe of, you know, I don't even know what tribe we're from. But could you imagine if we had to do that? <laughs> but it says there, so that was Achan, and he took of the accursed thing. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. And then in verse 2, Now Joshua was sent sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Joshua, do not let all the people go up, but let only about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up from there, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shabiram, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Man, Joshua, he's coming off of this huge victory at Jericho. Huge victory. They saw God do an amazing thing at Jericho. And they go to Ai, which is the next city. It's this little, small, tiny city. And they get defeated. They fail. They get beaten back. And it's interesting. There's many reasons why they failed. One of the reasons why they failed is they failed to seek God. Man, when you look through the first six chapters of Joshua, it's what? It's God speaking to Joshua. It's Joshua obeying. It's Joshua seeking God. It's There's that constant communication with God. And then you get into this chapter and you see there's no mention at all of Joshua saying, Okay, God, like, listen, I know we took out Jericho, but what do you want us to do about AI? Do we just go head on? Do we go around? What do you want us to do, Lord? There was no seeking. And sometimes, listen, sometimes we can start running on momentum. And we stop seeking God for different decisions. Man, failure to seek God in our decisions often leads to failure. It's like walking blindfolded. 
right? It's like walking blindfolded. You are going to either walk into something or you are going to trip or you are going to fall. And often, even though we have a relationship with God, we find ourselves making decisions in the dark. We never tap into the wisdom of God, the foreknowledge of God, His perfect will in our lives. We never seek Him on those things and we just go around saying, I think I'm going to try this for a couple things. Or I think I'm going to see what's out here. And we never seek God and say, God, what do you want me to do? God, what would you have me to do? Not only did, did Joshua and the children of Israel fail to seek God, but they relied on the counsel of men. Listen, this is super important. It is important not to ignore sound wisdom and counsel. That is how you end up messed up. And there are people in my life that I will go to and sometimes they will steer me straight. I'll go and I'll say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And they're like, that's, that, 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 that's not what you want to do. The Bible says to take heed to instruction, to learn from instruction, to receive wise counsel. But there needs to be a healthy balance, you guys. The counsel of men minus the counsel of God will always mess us up. And many times that can happen. Many times we can end up in a situation where we get so dependent on people telling us what to do. We get so dependent on people and we start to start going to people instead of going to God. It's like, and, and it's easy to happen. You have those people in your life that you trust, that speak into your life, and you start going to them and you're like, hey, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? What should I do about this? And that's all great. But listen, God wants to speak to you directly. He wants to speak to me directly. And there needs to be that balance, kind of like a balance scale. There needs to be a healthy amount of us knowing what God is saying to us. And there needs to be a healthy amount of us being able to receive wisdom and counsel from those that have gone before us. And why is it so important not to rely just on what other people are saying? And it's very simple because the wisdom of God is higher, the Bible says, than the wisdom of man. And God relates to each person differently. Man, how God speaks to me, it may not be exactly how God speaks to you. Man, maybe what God did in this situation in my life isn't going to directly apply to your situation. And there needs to be that healthy balance there. Listen, hearing God's voice is not always black and white, and sometimes it helps to have that wise counsel. It keeps us from getting weird. Man, have you ever... I remember my buddy telling me a funny story one time. He was counseling this guy. And this guy went to Target. He was praying and saying, God, where do you want to send me? And he goes to Target and he picks up an item and the item said made in China. And he's like, he's like, God, you're sending me to China. It's like, God, you're sending me to China. <laughs> Listen, God speaks so many different ways, man. There have been times where like God has, has spoken and I'm just like, man, like that was the voice of the Lord. And then there's been other times where I really thought God spoke and where I had scriptures and it was like it didn't pan out. You know, we're imperfect. We live in a fallen body. And sometimes, man, understanding the voice of God, it's, it's not black and white. And sometimes we need that counsel to keep us in check, to keep us from making mistakes, to keep us from acting emotionally. Man, God wants to speak to you and He wants to speak to me directly. But the main reason why they failed, it wasn't just that Joshua heard what these people said. They said, Joshua.
Joshua just go, you don't need to send the whole army. Joshua just go, he's like, you know, that sounds good, I'm going to do it. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just that Joshua had failed to seek God. The reason, One of the biggest reasons why Joshua failed is because there was sin in the camp. The Bible says there in verse 1 that Achan, he had taken of the accursed things. Now, in Jericho, when they went to destroy Jericho, one of the things that God commanded is God said, listen, he said, don't go to Jericho and don't take any of the spoil for yourself. Destroy it all. Well, one of the children of Israel, Achan, Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, that Achan, he took, and the Bible says he took a, a, some of the things and he buried them. He hid them under his tent. And it caused the Lord to be angry with the children of Israel. Why? Because there was sin in the camp. But listen, the sin wasn't taking the garment. The sin of Achan was disobeying God's command. Listen, disobedience will undercut everything that God wants to do in your in my life. Man, there are so many times that God was wanting to do more in my life. And I, and I look back and it was almost like God was moving, God was moving. And it was like the work of God just like stopped. And it really caused me to say like, okay, God, what, what happened? Like, why, why are things at a standstill? And most of the time, it, I was able to trace it back to a time where God spoke to me to do something and I disobeyed. A time where God wanted me to let something go and I, and I held on too tight. I didn't let it go. Man, disobedience will undercut the work of God in our lives 100% of the time. And it's important to understand this. Listen, there is no way around obedience. There's no way around it. Man, oftentimes we can look for a way around obedience. Man, maybe some of you guys are here and God is calling you to do something, a specific thing, and you've been looking for a way around it. You're like, well, Lord, what if I just kind of just do this instead and it'll all balance out at the end? Man, there is no way around obedience. One of the worst things you could do is think, I'm just going to do it, Lord, and we'll figure it out later. It'll all work out later. No, no, it won't. Man, there is no way around obedience. And maybe you've been looking for a way around uh, around obeying God in that certain area, and there is no way around. There's only two options. Listen, there's obedience, and there's disobedience. And man, one of those things, obedience, it leads to the blessing of God on your life. It leads to God opening doors. It leads to Him working out His plan for you, Him fulfilling the promises of God in your life. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, you see the Bible lists all of the blessings that come from obedience and all of the cursings that come from disobedience. Obviously, as Christians, we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. We are walking in grace. But God's heart towards obedience and why it's so important to, for us to obey. Listen, there's only two options. There is no way around it. AI is a perfect example of what it's like to go for it and do something without God going before you or without God going with you. And oftentimes we lead to failure. Sometimes we think the way around obedience is to just power through. But listen, if God, God has his ways of man stopping us in our tracks. And you can have everything lined up for that opportunity. You can have everything lined up. It can look like everything is all set. It can look like it is a foolproof plan. And yet if God is not in it, understand it will fail. 
Why? Because God is wanting to do a work in yours and my life. And that work requires obedience. Disobedience must be dealt with before we can move forward. That's always what it is. Sometimes we think if we just, you know, keep it keep it at bay long enough, it, eventually it'll go away. No, trust me, it doesn't. Man, I've spent years running from God in certain areas. I've spent years fighting God in certain areas and saying, Lord, I, I just I just can't do it. Lord, I know what you want me to do, but I just can't do it. And that burden to obey God never goes away. And it's like what David said in the Psalms. He said, Lord, he said, your hand was what? It was heavy upon me. And man, you're never going to have that perfect peace with God, that perfect fulfillment with God until there is obedience. Man, disobedience must be dealt with. You see that this failure it led to brokenness in Joshua. Go ahead and follow along with me in Joshua chapter chapter 7 verse 6 verse 6 the next verse down it says then joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the lord until evening he and the elders of israel and they put dust on their heads that's what they did in that culture it was a sign of mourning it was a sign of intense grief see this failure that joshua had experienced it caused brokenness in him Man, failure has a way of breaking us, doesn't it? Failure has a way of bringing brokenness. You know, brokenness is so important to what God wants to do in yours and mine lives. And this, and this is why, because oftentimes through disobedience, through sin, through just not seeking God, we can become callous to the work of God. We can become hardened. We can become like that hard ground. Man, sometimes we we tune out the voice of God and we keep putting it off and before you know it you stop hearing from the Lord like you were there's that break in fellowship and you can feel like man like like you just feel like there's something missing what brokenness does is like what the book of Jeremiah says when, when God tells the children of Israel he says break up the fallow ground of your heart and what that's a picture of is that's a picture of if you had a farming field before they would go and sow seed they would go through and they do what they break up the they break up the fallow ground, they plow it. They get the soil ready to receive the seed, ready so you can start that process of watering and growth. And sometimes God has to break us. Why? Because there's no other way forward than through brokenness. Why? Because it's in that brokenness, that grief, that mourning, that brokenness that you feel, that God can begin to work in your heart again. There are many things that God uses to bring brokenness into our lives. And there are many things that will break us. One of the things that I think will bring brokenness more often than not, listen, is this. As dealing with death and dealing with loss. Especially with the loss of a child. Man, death, and I've always felt this way, that death is the ultimate trial. Man, you can go through many different trials. You can go through many different things. You can suffer physical pain. You can suffer through chronic illness. You can suffer through mental health. You can suffer through all of these things. But there is no pain like the pain you feel when someone that you love dearly is taken from you. It's a pain, man. 
And God will often use that pain to bring brokenness in our lives. Many times we try and what? We try and kind of put it off. We try and run from the why? Because brokenness, it stirs up emotion. It's hard, but listen. Brokenness, brokenness will reset things in your life with God. And if you're in a season of brokenness right now, it's important to understand, listen, don't push the brokenness away. Don't fight the brokenness, but embrace it and let God do a work in your life. That brokenness that God does is so important. Listen, genuine brokenness, it always leads us back to Christ. Notice what he did in verse 8 or verse 7. It says, And then Joshua said what? Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? What does Joshua do? Man, Joshua is dealing with this brokenness. And what does he do? He prays. Man, brokenness always leads us back to Christ. Always. And maybe you haven't walked far from Christ, but maybe you've been distant with Christ. Man, maybe you haven't walked far away from God, but maybe you've been fighting God. Maybe you're not living in sin, but maybe you're disobeying Him in certain areas in your life. Listen, brokenness always leads you back to Christ with the heart of God. What do you want to do? And that's genuine brokenness. Listen, there's some people, and, and, and this is important to understand, because brokenness often stirs up emotions, but not all emotion is true brokenness. I can't tell you how many people that I, I've talked to over the years that have come forward crying, just broken over their sin, and then the next week, the next month, they're right back in it. There's no genuine brokenness, but listen, genuine brokenness, it leads you to Christ and it leads you with the heart of saying God what do you want to do I'm here you got me Lord you got my attention what would you have me to do I love God's response to Joshua's prayer because God's response to Joshua's prayer is this so the Lord said to Joshua thus get up why do you lie thus on your face it almost sounds kind of harsh a little bit but see, what he's saying is this, is in Joshua's situation, it didn't require him wallowing in his brokenness. Joshua's situation required him to get up and to get rid of the sin so they could move forward and take the land. See, when you go to God in brokenness, God speaks what you need to hear. But a lot of times we're afraid of what he's going to say. A lot of times we're afraid because we know in the back of our minds, we're like, man, I know what God's going to say and I don't want to hear it. And that's where brokenness, it like sets the stage for God to work in your life. It sets the stage for you to receive God's word, for you to obey God's word. Man, brokenness is so key. He says to Joshua, he says, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? And then in verse 11, Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things 
and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Notice that. They couldn't stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have been doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you any more unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Heavy, heavy words, man. Heavy words. And then he says, get up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel, and you cannot stand before your enemies until you take the accursed thing away from you. And in the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come according to the households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. And then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. And he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord. And because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Listen, Joshua went to God in his brokenness and he got, sev he got several things. Man, he got... God's word for his situation that it was the time to act. He got the problem revealed to him. Listen, man, if you're wondering why your joy is gone, why your peace is gone, if you're wondering why things aren't moving forward in your life, it's not time to try and make things happen on your own. It's time to allow that to lead you to Christ and say, God, what's the problem? God, what is going on? God, what is the reason? See, God revealed the problem, but not only that, God showed him the way forward. And listen, there is no cookie-cutter way forward in this. Man, your situation is different than my situation and is different than the next person's situation. And there is no cookie-cutter way forward for dealing with those things. It's very simple. The way forward is to get on your face before God and say, God, what is the problem? God, what do you want me to do? And God will show you. God will show you. And when you obey, what happens? Man, you are able to move forward into everything that God has for you. See, the sin, the disobedience, that was the problem. And God had to get that out of the way. And sometimes we look at the, those passages. I'll be honest, I look at those passages sometimes. I'm like, man, that's harsh. Dude, that's harsh. But I guarantee you, listen, it, it sent a message of the danger of sin for the people of God. Sin and disobedience will do more to undercut God's work in your life than anything else. Not only that, but the wages of sin is death. And listen, when you think about this and you think of the, the great lengths that they went through to get rid of the sin from the camp. And then you go to the New Testament and you see that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And yet through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be spared from the penalty of death. No matter what we've done, no matter what sins we've committed, no matter what mistakes we've made, we can be saved. We can have the slate wiped clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, the whole Bible points Dear Jesus is the answer for everything. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I just pray. God, I pray and I ask, Lord, that you would just... Father, go before us, Lord. 
Lord, each and every one of us, Father, going through different things, Lord, dealing with different things, Lord, dealing with different battles, Lord, different, Lord, different regrets. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, Lord. May you show us the way forward from our failures, Lord. Lord, may you remind us of that fellowship that we had with you so long ago, Lord, that first love, Father. Lord, may you remind us of the plan and the calling that you have for us, Lord. You say that that calling, it can't be withdrawn, Lord. It's irrevocable. So, God, I pray that you would just work in our lives, Lord. May this be the start, Father, of a new work you want to do, Lord. Lord, may we embrace that brokenness. Father, may we not be afraid of it. May we not run from it, Lord, but may we embrace it, God. And let it draw us closer to the throne of grace, Lord, where we find mercy and help for every need. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, I pray for each and every one of these special people, Lord. Lord, may you bless them this week, Lord. Have your hand upon them, Lord God. Lord, I pray and ask, Lord, that you would just give us your blessing, Lord. And in Jesus' name.